A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those, I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunnerblog. James, good morning to you. Welcome to a, a new week in this strange new world. Yeah. It's uh, another week and in a very strange world. Um, I don't really know what to say about it. It's so mad. It's so surreal. It's like, I said on Twitter over the weekend, it's like being in a film, but just none of the sort of films you'd actually want to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. What film would you want to be in if you could pick a film to be be life? What would that film be? (laughs) Maybe like You've Got Mail. Do you know what I mean? Something happy, easy, a rom-com, basically. Right. I don't want any complications. I don't want any baddies, essentially. What, what would it, you be in? I don't know. I was thinking, like, I mean, if you could pick any film, it would it would obviously be something that, uh, you know, had things that you couldn't do in real life. So, you know, a space movie or, you know, something where you could fly spaceships and stuff like True. that. But, but there's usually baddies in that. That's the issue, and I wouldn't cope well with that. I'll tell you what... I, uh, Go back to Fever Pitch and to live that as a grown-up rather than a three-year-old as I was at the time. Yeah. Oh, I could do with that, being yeah. being in that film. Uh, I, yeah, you could be in an animated movie as well because cartoon characters get to do all kinds of stuff and then, you know, you can have a 50-ton weight dropped on your head and you're splattered and, and flattened and then you just kind of pop True. back into life, you know? so Look at Kenny in South Park. It keeps coming back. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to be Kenny, though. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. It's not top of my wish. So have you been watching any movies over the weekend? Doing uh, anything interesting while not being out and about? 
I'd love to say, yes, I have been doing something interesting, but it's been uh, pretty low-key. I've been doing sort of work and cracking on as normal. I have been pretty much contained within the house, though. Have you? Yes, for the most part, apart from, you know, some dog walking. Uh, there's been, you know, no going out, no no doing anything. I don't know if you saw the news um, from here, but but from last night, all bars restaurants, cafes, you know, public places like that are, are closed. It's going to be um, a strange, sombre St. Patrick's Day, isn't it? It's it is. Of- I mean, look, I mean, uh, it's so weird. I think maybe a week or 10 days ago, we were sitting here talking on this podcast going, I'd be a bit mad if they didn't close down the parade. And then mm. now you're thinking, imagine, imagine if it were going ahead. There's just, you know, no conceivable way something like that could happen. Um, but, you know, yeah, I don't know what to say about it other than it's just, it is bizarre and surreal and, uh, you know, to sort of stress the the responsibility we all have individually and collectively to to help um, not put a stop to this, but certainly slow the, the spread of it. It was a bit disappointing to see people out and about, you know, doing things as normal, um, mm. you know, concerts and bars. I mean, here, you know, they were showing pictures of bars in Temple Bar and and uh, stag parties with their COVID-19 t-shirts on. Great, great look, chaps, you know. But with all the information, people are still sort of in, in close quarters with each other. And and those people might be fine. It's it's really the other people that you have to think of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky. I don't know. What's the instruction in Ireland, because in the UK, it still feels like we're sort of the anomaly, really, in how the world is dealing with this globally. Yeah, it's, I mean, the what they're calling social distancing, you know, this right. this idea. I mean, look, we all have to do certain things in order to keep going. So you've got to get to the shops and you've got to pick up your prescriptions and, and things like that. Um, but for the most part, it's like stay, uh, you know, stay at home. As much as you possibly can and entertain yourself at home or, or just sit around. But, you know, minimize the contact with other people. Therefore, you minimize the risk of picking something up or also spreading something as well. So that's that's really where, where we are with it. And anecdotally, I was um, uh, had to visit a, a hospital yesterday, uh, unfortunately. But the, the entire place is shut down to visitors. So, you know, right. even if you've got a, a, a sick relative in hospital, you are not allowed in to visit them on the ward or anything like that. So, you know, that's how that's how strict the restrictions are. Uh, you can understand why in a hospital, but, you know, if a hospital is doing that, it, it tells you a lot, I think. Yeah, and listen, I mean, obviously, one caveat we should offer to this whole conversation is that it's a very fast-moving situation. So anything I say about what you can and can't do in the UK at the moment probably won't be true by the time this comes out. But it is weird here because the directions are not as explicit. You know, you're told Mm. if you have symptoms... Set, isolate, stay in your house. But apart from that, everyone's kind of permitted to go about their businesses. A lot of workplaces have said, don't come in, work from home. Other workplaces are saying, it's fine or it's up to you. And I think a lot of people who I've spoken to, again, anecdotally, feel a bit uncertain and a bit confused of how best to operate because I don't think we have massively clear leadership on that front yeah. at the moment. I mean, that's the so thing. that's yeah. tricky. It is. And look, certain certain jobs allow you to work from home. Many jobs don't. 
And yes. that, that's the reality of, of, of those situations where, where people are, um, you know, people are being asked to do certain things that are just impossible to do, where that might be the best thing to do. Um, I was speaking to my uh, daughter uh, and she was, uh, Spain is in lockdown. She's in Barcelona mm. and Spain is basically in a, in, a, in a kind of lockdown. And the um, the company that she works for had asked her to, you know, everybody put some pictures on your social media to say, you know, we're at home, we're working from home, et cetera, et cetera. But you're all expected in the office on Monday. It's like, right. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So people and things, you know, that that is the... The, the difficult part of this is that, you know, for all the good advice and all the sensible advice and all the direction, people are still going to be people. Yeah. I mean, another thing that's sort of happened here over the weekend, and I'm sure it's the same in Ireland to an extent, is that because we, if you contract symptoms, you're not really encouraged to go to the doctor or the hospital or get yourself tested. Mm. There's a lot of people, I know people quite close to me who are ill, in some way, shape or form, but without any clarity as to whether or not it's, you know, the bad one sort of thing. Yeah. And that's, that's um, you know, obviously what you do in those circumstances, you take yourself out of the picture, you know, you isolate and regardless. But again, from a sort of psychological perspective, it, it creates a lot of uncertainty. Um, yeah. And that's the pervading feeling at the moment, isn't it? Uncertainty. It is. I mean, what is the worst sound in the world? People might say Phil Collins. They might say sure. nails scraping down a blackboard. They might say the outrageous chatter of a magpie. But the mm. worst sound in the world right now is somebody coughing. Because oh, in a you're big like, way. Uh, I get away from, I'm getting away from those. I mean, I've, I've you know, had a, a problem with this for many years. You know, people who don't cover their mouths when they cough or they sneeze are, are the worst. They really mm. are. And, and uh, you know... Even in normal circumstances, you're kind of like, Ugh. but now you're you're when you hear somebody cough, you're like, I got to get like to a different county uh, just to get away, <laughs> just to get away from that. The yeah. par- it's not paranoia, I guess, but you know, every cough now sounds like a transmittable event or something. But I would say the only well, look, there's always a silver lining, isn't there? There is always a positive, and I have to say, I have enjoyed the sort of scenes of. Uh, you know, communities in Spain or Italy kind of banding together and whether it's like the DJ on his balcony that must was... be pissing off all his neighbours <laughs> enormously. Do you see that guy? I did see that one. I mean, look, uh, the, there was one, wasn't there, of a, a tenor singing Nessun yeah, Dorma, yeah. which was amazing. And he's, he's there and you can imagine sitting on in your flat or standing out on your balcony on a warm evening and there is this man with a majestic voice singing Nessun Dorma and then the other side of that is some fucking dude with his iPhone plugged into his decks and he's playing fucking scooter or techno or something like that. You're like, oh, no. I know, I know. I keep sort of um, looking out my window, looking at all my various neighbours thinking, so when we go into full lockdown, like who's going to be the opera singer? Who's going to be the DJ? Um and yeah, we we will see. We will see. Will we all be out on our, you know, dancing in our windows or doing aerobics classes or something like that? Yeah. I'd say I was woken up this morning at like I forget what time, but by a, a helicopter that was hovering in absolute seriousness directly over my flat. 
and not very high. I don't know what... I mean, it really lent itself to the sort of weird war zone apocalypse now feeling that there is in London by being woken up by a chopper wow. seemingly, I don't know, monitoring my behaviour. It was looking for you specifically, you think? I can only assume. I can only assume. Oh, I think it was there to wake me up because once I got up and looked out the window, it flew away pretty swiftly. So I think they were like, oh, he's there, he's fine. Oh, wow. It's fine, the arse cast can go ahead. (laughs) This is a new thing, Uh, alarm helicopters. (laughs) Alarm helicopters, right. It's an app, is it? It is an alarm, yeah. You ordered it for me to make sure I'd be here on time. Yeah, alarm alarm choppers, that's what it's called. You can download it from Google Play and the uh, (laughs) iOS store. And you can get a helicopter to wake you up. I mean, you can get all kinds of things if you want. You can have a jumbo jet. Um, great. Yeah, a glider. Over, Glider's yeah. not great, though, because guys just got to sort of swoop by and go, wake yeah. up! <laughs> a bit like that. Not, you've got to be really on on the ball. Sure, sure. That's, uh, that's a high-risk job as sure well. Sure is. <laughs> sure, especially in London. High-risk, low reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Splat into the side of a building. Um, Skyscraper, yeah. So there we are. So look, um, there isn't a great deal going on. We had a comment on Arsebog News the, the other day. I hope he doesn't mind me uh, reading this out. Um, I'm going to find the story here. And it was from uh, one of the guys called Monkey Joe. He says, is there a tech glitch or are you closing down? There's no news articles for two days. I was like, well, there's been no news. There's been literally nothing going on from an Arsenal point of view. So um, on that, thank you very much to David Ornstein for giving us at least a a small snippet of something to talk about. Dr. Mm. Gary O'Driscoll, who was rumoured, believed to be leaving the club for Liverpool is set to stay. Well, if there was ever a time we needed a doctor. Yeah, I was just going to say, the optics of losing your doctor right now. I think that, you know, when this broke out, they obviously made him an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, doubled his money. Please, God, we need the doctor. Also, think, um, of, think about how it would look, you know, from a professional yeah. point of view. You abandon your people at a, a time when we need you the most. I mean, he, he you know... He had one foot out the door. Certainly, Arsenal put the job advert up, didn't they? That's to look right. For his yeah. Replacement. Um, so yes, as far as you know, the communication from the club at the time was that he was effectively serving out a notice period, or at least waiting until Arsenal secured a replacement mm. to go. Clearly, since then there's been a bit of a, a change of heart. So yeah, look. I mean, I guess that's good news. It's it's one less thing for us to be worried about, certainly. And. Uh, yeah, I imagine they'll be keeping him busy potentially over the next few weeks. Yeah, no doubt. That didn't last. That discussion no. didn't last as long as I thought it might. <laughs> Thanks, David Alderson, for that story. Um, this uh, is the end of the podcast now. Uh, yeah, I mean, no. It's have you been following? I tell you what. Have you have you been seeing what the players are up to on Instagram? Because that's what I've been doing mainly. Um, I I mean, I'm sure I've watched Instagram, but I haven't really been paying too much attention tell me who is doing what who's the most who's the most interesting player to follow on instagram if we need some distraction in these times of oh, i mean whatever. interesting is stretching it okay but basically they're all doing what they're told so the the club have got them all doing personalized exercise routines and i spoke to someone who said that they they're getting equipment out to the players 
if they don't have a home gym, many of them have got home gyms, but if they don't, they've got to supply them with, you know, a treadmill or whatever other equipment they might need, which apparently, as you can imagine, is a bit of a logistical nightmare in the current circumstances. Wow, somebody, uh, you know, who supplies treadmills is, is, you know, has got a business opportunity going there. Yeah, the thing is, I guess Arsenal probably aren't the only club... um, uh, looking to do that so there might be a shortage on never mind masks and hand sanitizer. I think running machines might be next but uh, so yeah they're all at home I mean I don't know did you see the video of Sad Kolasinac training in his gym at home no he's got an eight foot statue of Batman in it get out of here Really? He honestly does, yeah. <laughs> Is this on his I think Instagram? If you go, I th- uh, I'm not sure. I think it's on Arsenal's Twitter feed. Um, or okay, at least hang it on. was. Hang on. Let's no, see no, here. Maybe it's not. Maybe just put Kalasinac into Twitter. I mean, it's an Oh, extraordinary- I do see it. I see, yeah. Uh, oh, have you found it? I have found it. Wow. He's legitimately got... I mean, no wonder he was so good at taking on... You know, baddies and and criminals. He's he's Batman's his idol. Inspired by Bruce Wayne. That's Maybe a gigantic he... Batman. Where do you get one of those? I don't know. Do you think Meza Erzl bought it for him after the whole? Seems like that would be a nice incident. Present. Yeah, that he was like, "You're my hero. Here's an eight foot statue of Batman." And Sead thought, "I'm going to put that in my gym as a kind of model for me to emulate." I mean, to, to be fair. Kalasinac and, and Ozil as Batman and Robin is not a bad <laughs> shout, is it? No, that is, I mean, that would work, I think. Batman and Robin, yeah. Like the old school Batman and Robin, not like... Yeah, yeah, so you get Robin in red with, you know, yeah. yellow sleeves. I little kind of weedy Robin. Yeah, and a, a little eye mask. I can imagine there's all. You know, that would work for him. Uh, and, yeah, big old Batman, sad. So he's been doing that. They've all been playing computer games, really. I mean, that's what footballers do. They're Fortnite. playing Fortnite or FIFA, as far as I can tell. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, it's the club are in uncharted territory here, like all of us, and they're trying to figure out, you know, how this can work, when can mm. they open Colney again, which has been deep cleaned. I mean, obviously the players are still in isolation for another week or so. So it's, uh, yeah, it's super weird. Super weird for them, I imagine. Yeah, we uh, we will have to do a FIFA live stream. So you're going to have to get yeah. FIFA 20 for your PlayStation. Well, I have to, I have to leave the house today for another purpose and... Um, but I will try and pick up FIFA. You can also um, download it. I know well. you can, but I think that my hard drive might start to creak at that point. Okay. So okay. I'm going to see if I can get a real hard copy. If that's not a good enough excuse to, to leave the house, what is, frankly? Exactly. So we will do that at some point, uh, you know, maybe this week, depending how, how quickly things get sorted and we can display to the world, again, our, our astonishing powers and skills on FIFA. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to... To taking you on again. I think I won the last time, didn't I? We played three, best of three, and I, I won 2-1. Yeah, that feels that feels likely. Yeah. I think you also had a lot of people sent off. I did. I did. I just can't stop the um, temptation to slide tackle someone when the ball is gone. Sure. And I know that's not the right way to play the game, not the best way to play the game, particularly when you play online and you're playing against people who are quite good and mm. you're you're down to 10 men, then nine men and stuff. 
but I ju- it's just so satisfying. When Does you- the game get abandoned at a certain point? Yeah, you do. If you get five players sent off, I think the game is abandoned, or maybe six. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have done that a few times where you've right. had where you've had three players sent off and you go right well that's it I'm not going to play any more football I'm literally just going to try and get as many yellow cards and red cards as I can so I have I have achieved that at least sure. 10 times in my life <laughs> <laughs> right right and I guess the advantage is you know you don't suffer the humiliating defeat you've, no it's you've only escaped. a 3-0 it's only a 3-0 exactly. it's awarded as a 3-0 a win to the opposition. Perfect. So, yeah. Play for that from the beginning. In yeah. A way. That's what well, I might do. Okay. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see what the story is. But when you get that sorted, we can we can sort it out and hopefully we can get it set up right first time. You have to go in and make a party or something. Isn't that right? Because last time nobody could hear you at first. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll Google it. Yeah. We'll Google it. Or no doubt all of the people watching who know exactly what we're doing wrong will tell us. Yes, um, that's Which is what seemed to happen last time. Here's a, here's a little bit of a, a scoop for you in terms of our kit for next season, assuming that, oh, yeah. that there is a next season. I'm hearing the word burgundy. Ooh. Mm. And I'm also hearing the words orange and pink as a, wow. you know, maybe a, an away kit or a third kit or something like that. So um, if you were to Google a Dino Rod fan, I'm guessing that's kind of what we're going to look like. And this is for next season, so we imagine we'll be wearing this in about 2026, something yes, like that. something like cool. that, when we, all, when we all come out of lockdown, for sure. Um, okay, I mean, the Burgundy's interesting. Are we, thinking, are we talking like 2006, last season at Highbury sort of Burgundy? Uh, maybe so. Perhaps a bit more red in it than right. that one. But I believe that was officially termed red current, but I, I don't recall... Red current, yes, that's right. That rings that rings a bell. Yeah. That definitely um, rings a bell. Actually a kit that, you know, I think has aged quite well, that 2006 kit. I, you know, I sort of, 2000, was it 2006? Yeah, 2005, 2006. Like, I, you know, it was weird at the time, but as a one-off, it's quite cool, I think. Um, um, yeah, I mean, there was the whole thing about the sleeves, wasn't there? You know, no white sleeves and, and what have yeah. you. But, you know, the association of that kit, obviously, with the... With the Champions League run and everything else, um, yeah, yeah. What player do you think of when you think of that kit? Bergkamp. Same, same. I Dennis think it's Bergkamp. to do with the the goal he scored, the Dennis Bergkamp yeah. day goal. Was it against? Was it against Wolves? I think it was West Brom. Right. Uh, w. That's his, not bad. That's yeah. not bad. And I think it was his. It was his final Arsenal goal. Uh, I believe, and he. I think he actually came on. I think he didn't start right. on Camp Day, and I think he came on and curled home a, a lovely, well, a, a typical Burkamp goal from the edge of the box. I was there that day, and uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. But yeah, I think because it was his final season and all those sorts of things, I also immediately think of him, despite the Champions League run, despite getting to the final. I suppose in the final we played in the yellow kit, didn't we? We did, we did. That was the kit that I wore on the train back to Barcelona in a carriage full of Barcelona fans who were quite happily singing songs about, you know, winning things and pointing at me from time to time. Um, And I would just... Were you wearing it in a sort of show of defiance? I was like, fuck you. Fuck you. You were proud. I was proud. Yeah, I was proud. You know, I was proud of, of what we did and how we got there and... 
you know, proud of what we did on on the night. I mean, I'll always remember the 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 away or the away end, the Arsenal end, sort of standing and singing, you know, at the end of the game. It, you know, amazing. Um, but but going back, um, I mean, it was a strange kind of a journey because I, I was living in Barcelona at the time, and. Uh, I got the train from Barcelona to Paris, but it was one of those really odd overnight trains. So we, I got a train maybe t- from Barcelona to Perpignan, I think, in the okay. south of France. And mm. then loads of people, of course, uh, loads of Barcelona fans as well. We all got on this train, but I had a cabin. I had a, like a, uh, it was like a small cabin, but there were four people in the cabin. Um, I can't imagine you enjoyed that. No, I didn't really, but it was it was quite odd because one of them was just this dude who was traveling around Europe. He was just a, a young guy um, traveling around Europe. The other two bunks, so there were two bunks, two on each side, and I was on the top bunk on the right and the dude was underneath me, and then the other side was a, a man and a woman, a sort of, um, I guess they were in their in their 60s, but they were Tottenham fans. Um, mm. Because they obviously saw all the football stuff when we got talking about football, but they were Tottenham fans. They were again just uh, traveling around, um, and it was quite odd to be on a train to France um, with a pair of elderly Tottenham fans. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, but then the the journey back home was yet yeah, pure defiance, and it was a. I think the iPod had not long been invented at that point. Sure. So I was able to block out most of their stuff and look out the window as the the train zoomed from France again. I think I had to go to Perpignan, get a train down from Perpignan into into Barcelona. I remember the taxi driver taking me home that night being very nice. He was very nice. He was a Barcelona fan, obviously. Um, but he wasn't one of the real pain in the arse Barcelona fans, uh, mm. like some of the guys I played football with who were annoying. <laughs> Barcelona fans, I think, well, you know, it's slightly that same thing of like Liverpool fans. You know, they think their club's very special, right? Yeah. Do you remember when we were outside the the Kitty O'Shea's uh, where yeah. we were playing football and whatever? Do you remember the kid walking past in a Barcelona shirt with Henri 14 on the back of it? Yeah, I do, actually. What wow, I a little that. twat. I know. I know. And he was 12 months out as well. <laughs> yeah, you were wrong, little fucker. You were wrong by a whole one year, you idiot. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah, what did he know, that kid? He was, you know, he was onto something there. Yeah, that was outrageous on his behalf. Yeah. The provocation. I mean, we would have been well within our rights to give him a good shooing, wouldn't we? Yeah. But of I mean, course, we, pro- we, we didn't. didn't. No, I mean. That's what, that's what we... Yeah. We swore that day we'd never say what happened. Exactly. We definitely didn't. Um, we didn't. We, he's fine. He's yeah, fine. Yeah, for sure. And, no and violence kid, was carried out on that job. <laughs> that kid probably grew up to be like some footballer now who keeps coming back to haunt us. Dennis you know Suarez. I mean? Yeah. He grew up that to was be Dennis, Dennis Suarez. Suarez. If only we had taken him out at the time, <laughs> we could have done ourselves a favour. Uh, Dennis Suarez spoke out, didn't he, on the whole coronavirus thing? Did you see that? Did he? Quote, doing the round? No. Well, it was quite early on in it. He he put out a statement on Instagram or Twitter, I forget, saying, you know, we play football for the fans. Football without the fans isn't the fans. And it was like, mm. Dennis Suarez speaks out on prospect of games behind closed doors. Um, 
I mean, pretty much everything he did for Arsenal was behind closed doors. So <laughs> yeah, sitting on his arse behind closed yeah. doors, being injured behind closed doors, not playing behind closed doors. No, yeah, he's but, an expert. Uh, He's, he is an expert on the matter. Um, just trying to think, really, if there's anything else happening in the world. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. Not, not Arsenal-related, anyway. Certainly not Arsenal-related. Oh, one Arsenal what? player played. What? Mohamed Elneny is the last man standing. Uh, he played last night in Turkey. The Turkish League continues... Um, and I believe he is the only first-team Arsenal player. Behind closed still. doors or they got fans or what? I think they've got fans because Turkey to uh, Turkey's got a very limited sort of a situation, I believe, with coronavirus at the moment. I think we're talking really, really low amount of cases. Uh, he played 90 minutes in a nil-nil draw. Um, yeah, so there you go. Wow. Maybe the most boring Arsenal player to watch is the only one still playing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what In the to say to possible that. Way. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that. Um, uh, I mean, I, have, I, I do forget that Mohamed Elneny plays for us. I'll be honest. It's, you know, it's one of those out of sight, out of mind slightly with him, you know? It is. And it's one of those where you think, you know, in, norm, in normal circumstances next season, he won't be playing with us. But I do wonder, you know, what's going to happen um, when things get back to relative normality, you know, will I'm there sure be, a, be a transfer market or... or well, know. I'm sure there'll be a, a significant impact on one. You know, the financial implications of all this are huge. And, you know, it's as basic as the, the, the leagues aren't currently fulfilling their TV contracts. Therefore, they stand to lose quite a lot of money, potentially. Mm. Um so yeah, uh, add in the the revenue that they might lose from not having these games in front of people or at all, and clubs are taking a massive, massive hit. So yeah, I think if and when there is a transfer market, it will be low key at, at best. Right. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I think we've um, I think we've done as much possible Arsenal news or Arsenal related chat as we can do so is it time it is time I think is it time it is time what time is it it's magpie facts time check this out uh magpie facts yeah we're coming back 2020 sing it Maggie That was good for a bird. Well, I tried to tell you so. Yes, I do. That they look just like a crow. Magpies are back on patrol. Cause baby, now I got the flow. Cause the football is all off. Please isolate if you got a cough. But we will pick up the slack. Cause Magpie facts are back. You lied to me. When you said that Magpie facts was dead. You lied to me. Yes, I cried. Yes, I cried. Please, please bring back Magpie Facts, you said. So we did. So we did. Return of the Magpie Facts. Return of the Magpie Facts. Return of the Magpie Facts. You know that they are back. Magpie Facts. Wow. Magpie Facts are, are they're back in a big way. 
Magpie facts are back in a big way. You know, there's always a silver lining. For every negative thing, a positive thing can come. And the positive thing has arrived, and then we've opened it, and loads of magpies have flown out and pecked out our eyes. Okay, so look, I mean, I'm excited for this, because not only was there an amazing uh, uh, audio experience to to bring back the magpie facts, I'm really excited for... The facts themselves. So you know, yeah. don't don't spare any any uh, any of the good stuff, James. Just lay it on me straight away. Well, the good news is, obviously, since we stopped doing magpie facts, loads more magpie. The magpies have been busy. Do you know what I mean? Yes. They're, like stuff's coming out about magpies all the time because I think us doing magpie facts that's sort of spiked global interest in magpies, and therefore there's been a lot of interesting news happening. By the way. Mm. How are the magpies that were in your garden? What's going on with them? Fuck, I don't know. Uh, oh, actually, I do know because uh, the other morning, one of them was kind of swooping over Lana. I let her out in the morning and it was sort of just kind of moving like a really crap bird. But deliberately, right. it was sort of just going, eh, look at me, look at me. And she's going fucking berserk out there, barking her head off at it. So they're out there. They're in the tree at the back. The dogs still hate them. And the magpies are, are definitely taunting uh, the dogs. So, Okay, good to know they're still out there being yeah. evil. Well, this is actually, Magpie Facts this week is an, a beautiful story because I thought in these trying times we need something heartwarming and something uplifting right right of course so it's set against quite a serious backdrop so again it kind of fits with you know the current climate in 1942 okay we're going back in time here okay i've got it two months after the japanese bombed pearl harbor president roosevelt issued ex- executive order 9066 which authorized the detention of anyone who was deemed a potential threat to the country right right so like 120,000 people of Japanese descent living in America were all forcibly relocated into these internment camps. I mean, you know, not nice, right? Ghastly. But this guy, Shigiabu, he's 87 now, and he was one of the guys who lived in those camps. Hang on, he's 87 now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so he would have been very small then, yeah, of course. He was very small then, 1942. But... The only way that he survived that camp and sort of, you know, got himself through that experience was by befriending oh. a magpie, right? I thought you were going to say eating magpies. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what Shig says. He says, this little baby bird was begging for food and an older bird said to me, that bird's going to die. So Shig rescued the magpie and named it Maggie. Right, so so far, this is a lovely, sweet story. It's sort of like Kez, but set in the forties with a Japanese kid and a magpie. Right, right, yeah. So far, then it starts getting a bit weird. Right, the bird's talent. This is a quote from the newspaper article: "The bird's talent for mimicry <laughs> entertained internees during a dire time. Every time I left or returned, I would say hello, Maggie, and she repeated hello, Maggie." And if somebody would laugh, she could imitate the exact laughter, which meant kids, seniors, you name it, all came to see her. So this magpie, right, is some sort of impressionist, okay? Wow. Now, I didn't know magpies were doing that, did you? I didn't know magpies. I know there was like ravens and crows can do that because there was one near us uh, in in the neighborhood quite recently who would make um, strange, like, car alarm noises and stuff that he was imitating. 
Really? Yeah, it was just That's he would impressive. sit outside the local chipper and make car alarm noises and weird kind of, uh, you know, the noise of a, a pedestrian light. So the beep, 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 it would do that as well. Okay. Well, let's just say that Shig and Maggie were pretty close, right? Because the newspaper article goes on to say, um, Shig says he made a roomy cage for Maggie. When Maggie was let out of her cage, Shig said the bird showed, quote, human-like qualities. Wow. Right. What, like what? She was so compassionate with the internees, he said. I don't think she realised she was a bird. That is and amazing. Then, and then um, he finishes by saying, I was so fortunate. Maggie and I would talk for hours. So actually, it's... <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see <laughs> that conversation play out. But in seriousness, what a beautiful story of a man befriending a magpie not all since we've learned in this edition of magpie facts not all magpies are evil wow i'm just trying to imagine the the conversations if you like yeah. so um yeah so the guy the guy says good morning maggie and, and then the bird says good morning maggie maggie says you know hello yeah okay uh, what, what what do you get from that or unless it was speaking to him back in english that would be something. Well, that's it. that's the implication. The implication is that he and this bird, Maggie, sat there chatting. And also we've learned that Maggie was being very compassionate. How does a magpie show compassion? Uh, by not murdering you, I imagine, mm. what they're usually like. Exactly, by not thrusting itself beak first into your eye. Listen, so I don't know. In this difficult time for the world, maybe the magpies will offer us some sort of truce. Maybe they're the way forward. Maybe trying to find a link between us and magpies is how we get out of this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Or maybe. Maybe. Like, if this was a film, they'd be like, uh, we've, solved, we've solved the crisis. We've solved mm. the coronavirus crisis. What do you mean? And then they cut to, like, a lab, and there's a scientist there with, like, a load of magpies. And he's like, I found the link, and that's fixed it. That's the end. Fade to black. Or maybe, you were going to say... Or maybe they're just like dolphins and they're lulling us into a full sense of security and at I some point they're going to fuck us. Listen, I don't want to tread on this guy's relationship, historic relationship with the magpie in the 40s, but I feel like that magpie was kidding him on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Knowing what they're like, I think that magpie was playing some sort of long game. Well, there. you know what, though? I mean, he's 87 now, so the magpie didn't take him out. You, maybe. Maybe. Well, no, definitely. Is he He's working still alive. for the magpies? <gasps> double agent. He could be a double agent. Fucking hell. We know the government suspected him. That's why they put him in the internment camp. There's no what end. they suspect him of? No end working to their for the cunning. magpies all yeah. along. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. Well, look, there is a magpie fact and a half. Uh, uh, I mean, I, it blew my mind. And the good news is, you won't believe this, Andrew, but uh, lots of people have been getting in touch with me to let me know little magpie facts that they've picked up over the past six months or so. So okay. we We've can got more really to come. keep this. There's plenty more where that came from. All let me tell right. You. Well, I think, you know, given how triumphant the return of Mag Magpie Facts was, we should go out with a, a bit more Magpie music at the end yes, of please. part one. All right. I'm excited for this. You should be. And I do have to give a shout out to Jamie West, who's on Twitter, at Jamie Edward, who sent us this concept in a series of tweets. So thank you very much indeed, Jamie. And we have turned your tweets into this.
dirty nose dive bomb Keep you on tippy toe squawking And pooing on your clothes avian criminal Bruises on both your knees Cause I flew down and pecked you in the eye Dismay on podcasts All you like my threats subliminal So you're a tough guy, feathers all puffed up guy Sticking up your chaff guy, Arsenal talking bluff guy I'm a bad type, swoop and kill your dad type Give your girlfriend big fright, attack your mama mid-flight I'm a magpie Duh Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Welcome back to the Arsecast Extra. This is part two of the show where we answer questions that you send to us on Twitter at GunnerBlog and at Arsblog on the Arsblog Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Arsblog. And also on the Arsblog Discord chat server, which you get access to if you are an Arsblog member on Patreon. Um, so we do have some questions. I think, you know, it would be fair to say that, you know, while we are taking everything seriously and we're not trying to downplay everything, we are trying to just find a little light relief in certain things. So if uh, certain questions reference coronavirus, you know, we're not trying to be insensitive in any way, which is why I'll start with this one. I did quite like this one because it's a... Um, a variation on a theme. Uh, it comes from Decaf Metcalf's analytical calf, who's at the Murhaf on Twitter. He says, "Would you rather fight one terrorized coronavirus or a million coronavirus terrorists?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. Uh, 
Yeah, that's very funny. Yeah, and I don't know. It, of yeah, course, I don't know uh, the answer. Um, so this one as well from Bo, who's at Bo Buckland. Uh, which member of the current Arsenal squad would you least like to spend a two-week quarantine with? Ooh, least like. Mm. Um, I mean, if you went around Mesut Ozil's, oh. you've got Fortnite, you've got video games. That's fine. I'm happy with that. Mm. I'm going to say I'd least like to spend it with David Louise because every time I tried to get sleep, he'd do that annoying thing to my face. Oh, I yeah. I cope with that. Oh, that would be really annoying, wouldn't it? That's the last thing you want in quarantine, someone who's constantly doing practical jokes on you. And touching your face with their filthy hands. As well. Get exactly. your hands off me. He yeah. must be stopped. Mm. Um, what about you? Um, I'm just trying to look at the squad. I think probably Genduzi. Right. Yeah. I think so. You just think he'd get sort of aggy? I think he'd be annoying, you know? I just, you know, I've seen some of the videos where he's he's a young guy and I'm not sure his particular brand of young guy humour would tally with mine. Yeah, what was the... Did you see the quote from Kolasinac about Genduzi? Um Which was very... Oh, funny. it was one of those teammates things, like, who's the most... This is it. He's young. This is Kolasinac on Genduzi. Right. He's young. He likes to do jokes. Every morning, he's laughing. So for me, Matteo, he does a lot of bad things. <laughs> I am not telling this for television. And then he does eventually give an example, which is, if I'm playing cards and I lose... He sometimes comes behind me and shouts, ah, you lost. Things like this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Yeah. That sounds exactly like the sort of thing you'd be worried about. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Thankfully, we don't. They're, they're, they're quarantining or quarant, quarantining. Quarant, yeah. They're in isolation. They're on their own. They're on their own. Um, what about this from Met, who's at AFC Met? It is Theo Walcott's birthday today. And so it is, 16th of March. How old do you think Theo Walcott is today, Andrew? What, 23? No, I'm going to guess... That's actually correct. 31. He is 31. Wow. Okay, well, that's not Yeah. Quite weird, isn't it, that he's over 30? Will always be weird to me. Yeah. But um, what is your favourite Theo Walcott memory, was the question. Um, good question. I think, I think it has to be him playing really, really, really badly in the first 45 minutes of a game against Tottenham and yeah. then scoring twice in the second half as we won one of those games 5-2. I remember... I think it's the first 5-2. I remember, you know, at the time going, Wow. I can't believe he's actually back out for the second half because he was he was terrible. And mm. is that the game in which one of the goals he's put through and I think he takes a heavy touch and his finish is brilliant. He just clips it over the goalkeeper, but he only makes that finish because his first touch was, was really bad. So I think yeah. that would be that would be one of them. But I, I do remember a goal that he scored in a European away game where he's yes. set free down the left-hand left side, side. And yeah, he just it's... sort of, like you're you're looking at, he took it really early. He took the shot so early and I was thinking, why why don't you take it in a bit? But he just sort of passed it around the goalkeeper. Shakhtar Is that what it was? Let yeah. me have a look here. 
Is it on the is it on the YouTube? It's on the YouTube. Wilshire just pokes it over the top. He starts about ten yards in his own half, and he just tears away. It is a brilliant, brilliantly taken okay, goal. Okay, here it is. I'm just going to watch it here. So I might play the audio. Might play from Walcott. Here's Wilshire. And Walcott, the furthest player. Here he goes. And he's burnt them up for pace to get clear here. Theo Walcott! Goal! 20, 25 yards out when he Yeah, finished. he's just... I mean, okay, goalkeeper's a bit slow, but I like that goal. I do like that goal. I like that goal. Um, I've got a couple. So, I don't know if you remember Walcott's performance. When Arsenal played Newcastle in December 2012, it was in right in the midst of the will-he-won't-he-sign-a-new-contract thing. And mm. we played Newcastle and we won 7-3, I think. 7-3. And Walcott scored a hat-trick yeah. and set up two goals. And presumably this was the the game that sort of persuaded them to give him all the money. Um, a decision that didn't necessarily pay dividends, but... Uh, it was a sensational performance and I think his third hat-trick goal was the one where he sort of has the ball on the left-hand side, seems to get fouled, falls on the floor, oh, jumps is fouled, up. 100%. I think everyone stopped for a penalty, didn't they? Right, yeah, yeah. He jumps up, skips inside a couple of people and then lifts it over the goalkeeper. It's just a great goal. Mm. And I think like in that moment I was like, oh, maybe he's going to be like, Thierry Henry <laughs> was sort of like, <laughs> you know, the shorthand that we were all thinking. Mm. But my absolute actual favourite Walcott moment, just because it was in the moment, it was so exhilarating and so exciting, was his uh, assist for Adebayor in that Champions League oh. match against Liverpool. Mm. I know we didn't win, but in that moment, I just thought, wow, that's special what he did then. And, uh, you know, he was only a teenager at that time. Yeah, that's uh, right. That was in that, was, that white kit, wasn't it? The white kit. It was quite mm. an extraordinary assist. Um, and I thought, we've got something really special here. And and, and the thing is... Didn't Addy Bayor... Sorry, didn't Addy Bayor run off and celebrate that goal like he'd scored, <laughs> scored yeah, it all of himself? Of course he did. I and think he didn't even, did, you know... Did he even say thanks to, to Walcott? Fans. Yeah, sorry, I think anyway. he realised that everyone else had run to Walcott and then he was like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. better do that. Mm. But... An interesting career there, Walker, isn't it? Especially in his time at Arsenal. I mean, you know, it felt like he was often quite highly criticised, but he did also score a lot of a goals. Lot of goals, mm. yeah, he did score a goals? lot of goals. Yeah, I think at he least did score 100 goals. Yeah, he yeah it was over 100 goals. Um, Theo Walcott goals. How in many? this age of sort of asking for more end product from people, I mean that he 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 largely did have end product. It was kind of everything else that was problematic. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many goals he scored. Uh, let's see. Stats by club. Um, 108 in mm. total. 74 in the Premier League. So there you go. That's a lot of goals. I think we, we need to give an honourable mention to the goal against Chelsea as well. Um, Another one where he fell down. He sort of fell down up. and everyone stopped and he just got back up and smashed it in uh, beyond Petr Cech, if I remember. So Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Some really great moments. There, there was a goal as well. I think it was on the final day of the season before the Aston Villa Cup final where he absolutely smashed it into the top corner from a very wide angle. Do you remember that? And it sort of, it was the goal that got him the start in the FA Cup final over Giroud. That's right. Who were we playing? Was it Burnley or somebody like that? Someone like that on the final day. And he hadn't and played just, for ages and ages. Yeah, 
but it was like he was so good. West Brom. He scored a hat-trick. He scored a hat-trick? Against yeah. West Brom. So, right, you are. Oh, yeah, this is it. And one of the goals, um, I'm just watching a video of it on Facebook now, uh, he just hit it from an absurd angle very early and it sort of went in off the far, sort of, it went off the bar. In mm. fact. Yeah. Funny player. Strange player. Yep. Could be brilliant. Could be not brilliant. Yes. Truer words uh, have not been spoken. <laughs> uh, In summary, there yeah, you go. There you go. Okay, here's a question from the Discord. Well, here's one from Neil Siglechner, who says, I can't I shake the feeling that this is all somehow Ivan Gazidis' fault. What do you think? Yes, it must be. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Anne Berg... 28 says Kalasinac seems to have a full-size Batman in his home gym, which we discussed earlier. He does. If you could put three superheroes in our starting 11, who would they be? And where would you play them? Hmm. Three superheroes in the starting 11. Yeah. Right. Um, I think I'd put the Flash on the wings. Need that pace, in fairness. We need that pace, right? We need to replace that Theo Walcott-style player. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think now. I mean, the thing is, Superman, he's going to be good, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's super at pretty so, much like, everything. everything he does is going to be great. Do you know? Like, do you remember, like, when he when he was a baby Superman or a little Superman lad, and in one of the films... He's taking a field goal in an American football or whatever it is, and he just boots it and it goes, I think the ball is probably still circumnavigating the globe. It's like a satellite. So he could well, really take a good free kick, Superman. It seems a bit obvious, though, doesn't it? I guess. I mean, I was thinking Hulk as a DM. Mm. Do you know I what mean, I mean? Didn't he play for Brazil, though? Yeah, true, and he was more of an attacker with them. Yeah. Uh, I guess you've got to have Hulk. We know he's good at football. He's a Brazil international, right? Right. Okay. Um, I think Spider-Man in goal, because he could sort of do the, he could do the web stuff, you know? Like he mm. could create a big web in the goal that stops stuff going in. I'm not sure that that's, not sure that that's necessarily legal. It, what, and having superheroes in the team is fine? Well, look, if we can have them, I presume other people can have them. Oh, okay. Okay, well, so, maybe that's not legal. But I still think he's very dexterous, isn't he? He's very agile. Okay. So you're going Spider-Man, Superman. Spider-Man and goal. Spider-Man and goal. Hulk DM. Hulk DM. Flash on the wings. I'm not picking Superman. It's too obvious. All right. Um, I am going to pick... So I'm going to have to pick different ones. For my goalkeeper, I'm going to have the guy, um, the stretchy guy from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what he's called either. Let me have a look now while you think of your next one. Uh, yeah. Um, I think he, you know, obviously would be good in goal. So, stretchy dude, whatever his name is. Mr. Stretch. His name is Mr. Fantastic. Right. That's, you know, that really that's, that's, doesn't give you a... That's a lame It doesn't name. give and you fact, a clue as to his powers, does it? Like, What's you know, quite funny is when you go to type it into Google... Uh, you type Fantastic Four, and one of the sort of prompted searches is Stretchy Guy. Oh, really? Because <laughs> nobody knows what he's called. The color, yeah, Mr. Fantastic. Isn't that a Shaggy song? No. Anyway. Mr. Boombastic. Mr. Boombastic. Okay, so I've got Stretchy Guy, Mr. Fantastic in goal. Um, I, I also am going to choose a DM. Yeah. Wolverine. 
Nice. Yeah. So try get past him when you've got fucking four spikes in your gut. Hang on. So I'm not allowed the webs, but you're allowed the metal claws for stabbing people. This is, this is on our team. <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's the opposition that are going to get eviscerated, James. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. All right. Okay. And I think, I think, mm, I think up front, I'm going to have Catwoman. Played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. And uh, what what's the logic there? I would just like to watch Catwoman. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so, yeah. no one's going to argue with that. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can all pick your own teams. She's got a good, uh, good whip on her crosses, in fairness. You know, whoosh, so. Very nice. Very nice. So... What about this one? This is from Fletcher Finn on the Facebook. We've extended the olive branch to, mm. to Facebook. Since there is no football to watch, tell me about it, Fletch. Uh, what two Arsenal games, very specific, should I watch that took place in the past 10 years? Um, and I've watched the full 90 minutes back. You can have one choice each. Oh, I see. That's what they've done. Oh, so what? We can past only 10 choose. Years. Wow. I don't know why they've set that parameter on it, because, I mean... Well, I know what my answer is, probably. Um, I mean, are you going to choose, like, the cup final or something like that? Yeah. The 2014 one? I was going to choose that, but then you'd have got a first half, which is genuinely quite painful to Mm -hmm. observe and stressful. Yeah, but the pain gives you the payoff at the end, you know? That is true, but... I would. I th- I'm going to make a case for the 2015 Cup final because yeah, it was just fun. Like we just b- bossed it, start to finish. That's right. We were just comprehensively better than Tim Sherwood's Aston Villa. Speaking of Tim Sherwood's Aston Villa, should we put that clip in? Oh yeah. Let's put the clip in where, from one of the Arscast extras in the past, where we were asked, or you asked me, I think, what did Tim Sherwood say to his players in the dressing room let's play this i mean i don't know how the hell we're gonna find it but if we can i'll find it let's... don't worry okay this one is from fax siraj like that name straight away have you I... forgotten that we just did a question by fax siraj has he got another question has he got another question yeah we have yeah wow wow big day if you're fax siraj not big. only are you named after one of the top 11 ways of sending information in an electronic format. Yeah. You're you've got two questions. I think this is unprecedented. Unprecedented. This has ever happened before. Wow. I mean, screw the FA Cup. This is the real prize. So, Fax Siraj asks <laughs> um, because I don't know if you know this, but this is what happened. He says, "What do you think Tim Sherwood was doing locked in the changing room with his team after the final?" I would say Tim Sherwood sat them all down and took his cock out. <laughs> okay. Uh, is, that the, is that the end of it or? No. I think it should be. No. All right. He said to them, I want you to look at this. Look at it. Benteke, get your eyes off the floor, you fucker. Look at this. If you if you don't want to see this every fucking week, then you better fucking play better than you did today. The ones of you that are going to be let Grealish eyes on the cock right now. Please, sir, no. 
the ones of you that are going to be here next season, and that's not many of you because I'm going to sell you all. I'm going to bring you down to a fucking Sunday car boot sale and flog you all off. But if you're here next season and you don't want to see this mighty thing in your faces, sure. you fucking you play better than that. Because this is nothing. not my fault that you lost the FA Cup final. I'm certainly not tactically inept. My my answer to being fucking 2-0 down in an FA Cup final, or 3-0 down in an FA Cup final, I brought on Gabriel Agbonlahor. So who's the fucking assholes here? Look at the cock! That's what I think, he said. I'm, and I'm just speculating. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Faxaraj got on twice. I think it was worth it. Yeah, I think it was. So, yeah, I'm going to make the case for that. It's just a relaxed watch of Arsenal dominating a cup final. Okay. What about you? Um, I've left 2014 there for you. I don't know if it was in the last 10 years. May not be, actually, because it probably happened outside of that. There was a game we played Mm. against Bolton. Right. Away from home. Away from home, okay. and I think we had we went oh, down to ten men, two nil. Yes, we Diaby was sent off for a pretty uh, bad uh, tackle, actually, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I looked this up recently because it's one of my favourite Arsenal games too. Is it? Is it within the ten years? Uh, Two thousand and eight. It's, it's not. It's but not. I, I think I think it's still worth talking about. So we went two nil down to Bolton, and Matty Taylor scored both goals. Um, this was in the time of Gary Megson's glorious Bolton reign. Uh, and Arsenal lost uh, Diaby after half an hour. Right. And then they somehow came back. Uh, they scored their first goal on the 62nd minute and they came back to win the game 3-2. And the final which, goal was scored by Sesk, if I'm right. Uh, it was actually... Classed as a J. Lloyd Samuel own goal. goal. I can't remember. Fabregas's shot was turned in by Samuel. So I guess it wasn't going in. The other goals were Gallas and Van Persie. Oh, fuck. That's kind of ruined it a bit. That's taken the edge off. Yeah, that's taken a... But, yeah, um, that's a good one. What else would I... What else would I like to watch again? Um, I mean, the, the wins over... Spurs, I'd like to watch yeah, an Arsenal game. I wouldn't mind watching that one where Newcastle beat Spurs about 5-0 on the final day of the season. Oh, yeah, that'd be that, funny. That was good. I mean, but, the 7-3 over Newcastle is quite good fun, genuinely, uh, that we were talking about earlier. Um, Arsenal-Barcelona, that falls within mm. the first leg. You see, I don't know if... I mean... I, Maybe we have rose-tinted memories of that game, but I kind of feel like it was a bit... I mean, maybe the fact that it was so nerve-wracking because they had so much of the ball and every time they got near our box, it was like, uh-oh. You know, uh, I'm not sure it was that enjoyable until we scored, but maybe that's just part of it, is it? Um, yeah, it was stressful. It was a stressful game, that's for sure. Yeah. who was? What was our team that night? What, the Barcelona night? Yeah. I'm just looking Juru at played, didn't Juru he? played, yeah, that's right. Chesney, Koscielny, Juru, Clichy, Abue, Fabregas, Nasri, Walcott, Bentner was on, Alex Song, Wilshire and Van Persie. Our subs on the night were Almunia, 
Skrilacci, Gibbs, Rosicki, Danielson. Danielson, wow. Arshavin and Ben, or Arshavin obviously came off the bench to score the goal, uh, to lift up a shirt with his own uh, face on it, which is still one of my favourite things that a footballer has ever done. <laughs> like whatever about Ian Wright wearing the you know the the t-shirt to to break the just goal scoring it. record yeah, yeah the, the just done it t-shirt and I, I remember him saying recently on a thing he was wearing it for about four or five games um but like uh, a t-shirt with your own face on it and you lift up your shirt to display your own face the only way it could have been better is if the picture had been of him wearing the t-shirt with his own face on it and it was just kind of an infinite Oh. Thing of our shoving on our shoving on our shoving. Arsh, arsh, arshception. It's difficult exactly. to say. Arshception. That is difficult to say. Um, but there's some ideas for people if they want to go. go back. Yeah, there's loads. We'll probably do some rewatches of games and stuff as well to, to give us something to talk about on the podcast. Um, yeah. Asborn Carlsbeck, who's at Carlsbk, says, What happened to the robot voice? Look. We've just brought back Magpie Facts. We yeah. need to spread out the good wanna, stuff. We don't want to use it all up too early. Yeah. Yeah. Got to spread this out. We could be here for months. Yeah. So but good to know. Good to know we've got that in the closet. Yeah. We we have we have so many things like robot voice and um uh, uh, uh <laughs> Anyway, we'll we'll make it up. We'll Look, make it stuff up. will happen, all right? Yeah. Things, there will be podcasts. Things will happen. Uh, we've also got uh, on the Discord, Sonny Cool, what's your all-time Arsenal 11? Listen, we need to be six months into this thing before we do that one. So, um, oh. yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I Fast forward six months, we are here going, yeah, but semen or layman? It will be happening. Yeah, semen. Is the answer. Correct. Um, Abba Saleh, who's at Abba underscore Saleh, says, be honest, do you miss Sweet Caroline? I saw that question. Uh, uh, I mean, a tiny bit. I don't hate it as much as everybody else. I can imagine you don't miss it at all. No, I mean, I suppose the implication is, do you miss hearing it when Arsenal win? Um, I miss the Arsenal winning things, but then there hasn't been enough of that this season to to really feel it's lost too keenly. No, um, I mean, that's an interesting thing. I mean... How much are you missing Arsenal playing? Because, look, I mean, we've been better of late, but it's a weird thing where I think for the first couple of weeks, I'll kind of be all right with it. I'll kind of be like, oh, you know, this has been such a weird season that it's not the worst thing that it's yeah, not Yeah, your focus right is right sort of elsewhere, isn't it? Because there are yeah. much bigger things and wider things for us to, to worry about and be concerned about. But, you know, um, at some point, I think we're going to go go stir crazy. Oh, for sure. From a footballing point of view. So, for sure. So right now, it's only a few days, really, um, without Arsenal. But, you know, if we get two, three, four weeks down the line, I don't know. I don't know. Who's it? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm. Um, I'm just looking for what other questions I've got. Oh, this is interesting. Piers Moyles, who's at AKA Percy. Almost. Put the hard crossways in me there. <laughs> is there an Arsenal player who left to join a bigger club who most of the fans hated, but you didn't begrudge them and always liked them. I will say he's put bigger in inverted commas there. Mm. Um, E.g., not many fans like the Ox for what he did, but I still have a soft spot for him. Um, I suppose for me it's Sesk. 
Yeah, likewise. Definitely yeah. one of the ones I would think of. Yeah. I mean, I understand why people um, might not, but, you know, I just always have a soft spot for Sesk as a, as a player um, and always will. And I know, you know, things probably could have been handled better um, from both ends when that transfer to Barcelona happened. Um, and, yeah. And, and also, you know, as much as I hated seeing him um, in Chelsea colours, I didn't, I, it's not that I didn't begrudge him that. I mean, he's a footballer. It's his job. What is he supposed to do? You know, we could have brought him back and we didn't. Mm. So, you know, he's got he's to do his thing. So, you know, I was able to sort of more or less wipe out um, those however many years he spent there. Um, seeing him in blue. So, yeah, I think Sesk for me. The Ox as well, like I thought, you know, that that whole thing on the last day that he played was a shambles. But then I don't think you should play a guy. Like, it's not as if Arsenal didn't know what was happening. You can't play a guy in those circumstances. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't really make any excuses for the Ox um, in terms of, of what happened that day. But it was abject overall from an Arsenal point of view. And I think... There are there were bigger issues going on at that time. Agreed, and you know he does seem like a fairly decent mm. guy, so I don't really have anything particularly against him. Mm. Well, I think of anyone else, but mm. I mean, I guess when Gail Clichy left and went to Man City, I, I I didn't ever dislike Gail Clichy as a consequence. Yeah, but it was Gail Clichy was one of those players that you're kind of like, hmm. yeah, there's Gail Clichy. And, uh, you know. Carlo Torre fits into that bracket as well where he went to Man City and I was like that's fine yeah. do you know what I mean like I know Man City weren't quite the force then mm. that they are now no but, that's uh, true and Bakary Sanya as well you know I didn't really begrudge Sanya his move either because he got to the end of his contract and mm. you know he gave us a lot of a lot of uh, fantastic performances during a very difficult time for the football club and he was one of the true consistent players that we had at that time he would always get 7 8 out of 10 from from Bakary Sanya you know um, so yeah. I didn't begrudge him that particularly as he got to the end of his contract he's fully entitled to do what he wants to do at the end of it you know it wasn't like he was agitating for moves or you know he didn't do like for example Nasri can go fuck himself for all eternity as far as I'm concerned sure um, Kleb, a change. what a dope you know, uh, you know. I understand why he made the move, but like, pff, what a disaster that was for his career. Um, and Van Persie, um, you know, he can sit in a room and listen to Phil Collins forever, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I agree. Okay, I agree. Uh, next one. Next one. Okay, a couple of food-related ones. Uh, we okay. have got one from. Uh, Benzie, who's at mind underscore of underscore Benzie, who says, you're only allowed to have Chinese or Indian takeaway delivered throughout your quarantine. What do you choose? Uh, I would choose Indian, mm. personally. What about you? Mm, same, same. Just flavours are better, I think. Delicious, yeah. yeah. Really. I lived uh, three doors down from a, a very nice curry house and I've been far too much in the last few months um, and in fact when I went in there last time uh, the guy who works there said to me oh are you James and I was like yeah why he was like last time you were here there was a guy in here and he says he listens to your podcast every week and uh, so he's he, he's telling me that you're famous and I was like I'm definitely not famous he didn't, at all but he didn't, he didn't spot you a lamb rogan or anything no 
No, nothing. Oh. I paid full price. That's ridiculous. No, I meant the other guy, so, the guy who thought you were Oh, famous. right. He was like, um, it must be brought over like uh, yeah, but <laughs> a chicken tikka masala. Like, next time compliments of the gentleman uh, yeah. over there. And he's just there <laughs> raising a glass. It's a very small carry house. It'd be very weird. Uh, okay, and um, Henrik Ho Jacobson says, Hi, guys. What's the best sandwich you can make at home? I'm going down to the supermarket in a couple of hours. So he's getting in his sandwich supplies. What would what, be... What, what sandwich can you not make at home? That's my question. Well, that's it. But he said, what's the best? I mean, I suppose, you know, some sandwiches might be elaborate in fancy sandwich shops or whatever, you know. Mm. Sourdough, you know, whatever's. That, you know, the, 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 the general person might not have if they're making their own breads and sauces yeah. and you know whatever's I like um I mean I don't know if this qualifies as fancy or not I do like a sort of uh parma ham mozzarella rocket sunblush tomato that sort of italiany type of sandwich maybe on like ciabatta bread or something like that yeah that's a very guardian sandwich isn't it uh, yeah Prawn. I'll just have prawn. <laughs> um, um, I, like, I do like that. Yeah. I think, you know, a good club sandwich is, you know, if you get a good club sandwich, it's a chicken really... club. Yeah, yeah, chicken club, chicken, bacon, lettuce, tomato, in the, you know, the three layers, cut into the triangles. It it's a great sandwich if you can make it happen, you know? That, that, that was what I was going to say before I exposed, you know, my hideous North London privilege. Mm. Um, but yeah, chicken club's good. I can't, I can't argue with that. Cheese, ham and cheese toasty as well, though. You Listen, know. you can't go wrong with it. How do you it's do delicious. yours? Do you have a Breville? Do you have a sandwich maker or do you do them in a pan? I would do mine in a pan at the moment mm. if I was to do them. I don't have a Breville. No, neither do um, I. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't love the Brevilles, actually. I like the fact that sometimes the cheese drips out. You and like then, that sort of ooze uh, effect. Yeah, and then it goes kind of hard. And you yeah, get yeah, some yeah. like really crispy melted or crispy uh, burnt cheese as well. I do like that part. Right. Okay. I don't like what it does to the crusts. Do you know what I mean? Like the way it sort of compresses the sandwich into a shape. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Well, Listen, to each these are the own. challenges we face in this time. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we all have to come through these trials and tribulations. <laughs> are the crusts acceptable or not? These are the major issues that we're dealing with on a, a day-to-day basis. Um, uh, I had this question. It's not too cheerful, but I don't think it's too gloomy. Russ Morgan, I guess a lot of people are going to be watching films at the moment, says, what is your favourite apocalyptic film? Oh. Um, I think mine is 28 Days Later. That's a good one, actually, yeah. Um... But I, I haven't been tucking into the apocalyptic films. I, I, yeah, that on the news. I'm trying to have a let me let me see apocalypse films. So there's probably all kinds of zombie films. The Road. We were talking about that. That is the relentlessly road. grim, isn't it? I Am Legend. Yeah. I love the book. I Am Legend. There's a great book for you if you're <clears throat> if you're looking for something to read. The the movie with Will Smith um, isn't great, but the book itself is fucking fantastic. Um, Mad Max, those oh, are good. I liked the re- the new one as well, the recent one. Fury Road. Um, Fury Road was a great film. Yeah. It looked incredible. That was good. Um, but I'm going to say 
Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, great shout. Why not? It's a good film. It's apocalypse, and it's also kind of funny. So yeah. that's what we need. And in, how have we got through this without mentioning the masterpiece that is Waterworld? I mean... I don't Waterworld. think I've ever seen it. Have you not? No. Kevin Costner is a man who's a fish. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, it's the, the biggest flop of all time, wasn't it, in terms of... Yeah, uh, I remember. It cost a lot of money, didn't it? It cost a lot of money. It made not a lot of money. And it's actually... It's quite good fun. It's kind of like Mad Max, but on water. Um, but he's got gills in it. Spoiler alert. He's got gills, okay. It's basically Kevin Costner with gills. Check it out. It'll be available somewhere. Right. It's I'm nonsense. S- it's it's nonsense, but it's like quite fun nonsense, you know. Okay. Maybe I'll watch that before, you know, at some point over this period of of self-isolation. Right, well, I look forward to your review. I mean... Dennis Hopper is in it. Dennis Hopper is the is the baddie. It's, Did I ever it's, tell you my Dennis Hopper story? No, I don't think so. So this is one of the strangest things that's ever happened to me in my life. It's a hell of an introduction to a story. Mid-1990s. I remember Club that. culture is, is at its peak. House right. music. Uh, these these uh, big... Uh, super clubs in Dublin. There was one called The Pod. Um, people would dress up of a Saturday night. They'd go out. They would chemically enhance their evening. Of course. And they would dance. And the music was great. And it was fun times. Really fun times. So mm-hmm. one Saturday night in the pod, having a grand time. And... You know the way back then everybody kind of faced in the one direction when they were dancing? Everyone was right. sort of faced in one direction up towards the stage or the DJ box or the whatever DJ. it was. Because yeah. the DJ was king back then. The DJ was the coolest guy. Um, so I'm in there having a grand time, dancing away, turn around for some reason, look behind me, and there is Dennis Hopper. No way. Absolutely way. With a young woman dancing behind him. And when I tell you that Dennis Hopper was the most mad out of it person in that entire club, I'm not I'm not telling you a lie. He was off his tits. Right. Dancing away, having a great time. And I was like, wow. what this is, this is very, <laughs> very surreal. And I turned around again and yes, there he was. I hadn't imagined it or hallucinated it. That was Dennis Hopper. Yeah. In the pod, in sometime in the mid nineties. I don't know where he ended up or what the rest of his night entailed. Did you ever say hello? Are you Dennis Hopper? You don't really, you know. No, that wouldn't be the thing to do. It wasn't the time or the place. I, I, Thank God there weren't camera phones then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, there were barely phones, actually. Well, barely cameras, even. So there you go. So there's my Dennis Hopper story. Well, it's out there now. It's out I'm there. I'm sure that'll turn up in Mail Online tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Hopper Dennis in Hopper's drug frenzy. Drug controversy revealed he's, on he's, football podcasts. He's also he's dead as well. So Oh, he's dead. He is oh. dead. He died in 2010. Fuck. That's, Christ. Yeah. I'd completely yeah. forgotten that. 
Uh, right. Well, look, uh, I think we'll leave it there, will we? Because um, yeah, we, we can't we can't top the Dennis Hopper. Yeah, we story. can't top Dennis Hopper. All right. Well, look, everyone, thank you uh, as always for listening. Hope, hopefully, we've given you something uh, of uh, uh, what a, a lift or a, a Philip, if you want to call yeah, it that, alleviated some of the boredom. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. Exactly. And look, we will we'll do the FIFA thing and we'll try and do other stuff that will keep you entertained as well um, for as long as we need to. But uh, for now, we'll leave it there and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.